please, sir. I want some more. What? Oliver Twist has asked for more. For more? That boy will be hanged. You know you've got no father or mother. Yes, sir. You have come here to be educated and to be taught a useful trade. Clear the office. Say your prayers. <laughs> yes. My name is Jack Dawkins, better known as the Artful Dodger. Oliver Twist. Why are you known as the Artful Dodger? That's why. Oliver Twist! <laughs> I hope I have the honour of a more intimate acquaintance. <laughs> Come on, Oliver, join us. Put yourself under Fagan and you'll be able to retire and do the genteel. Police are engaged in searching for Fagin and William Sykes, a well-known dangerous villain. You know what this is? You're famous, Fagin. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for your kindness. I'll always remember it. Hello, welcome to the Movie Humpers. I'm Bob Sham. I'm Angela. I'm worried that I have gluten-free Oreos in my teeth. The sounds you hear may be dogs. And There's extra dogs today. We have an extra dog <laughs> around. I don't know. Maybe he'll show up. He's all over the You'll place. You'll be able to see him if he comes in here because he's tall. He's wandering around with our shoes. <laughs> oh, he just took a shoe. You got to go get him. Uh, yeah, so we do this thing where we ran our, some of our reviews, we randomly generate. Oh, yes. It's a thing we do once a month. Yeah. We, at the end of the episode that of the movie we randomly generated last time, we randomly generate another movie. And I gotta say, people are consuming our media in a couple of ways, you yeah. know, podcasts, YouTube. But we established the, the randomly generator reviews. And the uh, movie roulette reviews where we cycle through pre-made topics. Yes. Uh, in the very first episode. And on YouTube, as people come into the show, no one's going back to like episode one or anything. So No. So literally next to, if you've, if you're listening or watching and you have seen or heard the very first video we did, <laughs> you're definitely a fan. Yeah. Because, and thank you. Because people are not. We love you. And if you're on you, if you've seen the YouTube, you're like one of literally less than 10 people. Now, other videos are doing well here and there. It's kind of surprising what movies are doing well and what aren't. Some of the more at the movies releases, the movies we went to the theaters, Oppenheimer's doing well. Mm. But like a, a few of the others, not really, not really all that blowing the shit up, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I guess the point I'm getting at here is that. The randomly generated reviews, because the movies are literally so random. Yeah. They're no one's. <laughs> they're not the more popular episodes, let's be honest. Well, and, and to be honest, I feel like only one of them has been good. Live and Let Die was kind of kind of popped off. That was fun. But that, that was a fun one. But that was literally it. Like, no one's really listening oh, yeah. to our... I mean, people are listening, but like not as much as you'd hope, I guess. 
Like this is this does feel like it's for us. And the yeah. excitement of randomly generating a, a movie at the end of the episode is genuinely thrilling for us. It is, but but I do feel like the picks have not been the best that we've gotten <laughs> through this process. We really we found it, one that we really love. It's like they're completely random. <laughs> it is. It is like they're completely random. So the last one we randomly generated was Oliver Twist. And if you are a loyal listener and you happen to have listened to I don't even remember what the last randomly generated movie review was. Was it Live and Let Die? I think, yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. So at the end of Live and Let Die. So a lot of people probably saw this randomly generate the 2005 film Oliver Twist. And saw me get pretty sad about it. <laughs> What's a sad story, I guess? It right? is, actually. But we assumed at the time that, like, oh, this is probably... When we randomly generate on this website, it doesn't tell you the director immediately. So uh-huh. we were like, oh, let's just, I assume Kenneth Branagh directed that. Right, right, right. It's Roman Polanski. It was actually Roman Polanski. Good old Roman Polanski. It's hard not to come across, you know, some of these more, these directors, these actors that are infamous for other things, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little more controversial, you might say. Yeah, you know, good old Roman Polanski. Uh, famously married to Sharon Tate, who was brutally murdered. Suffered a terrible tragedy. And I do believe that Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. was his way of kind of re- trying to redeem Roman. Like, if he didn't, if this didn't happen to her, then he wouldn't have been in a hot tub with a 14-year-old at Jack Nicholson's house, yeah. you know? And there's really no like dispute as it's not really a he said, she said. It's kind of been pretty much verified that this really did occur. Angelica Houston was in the house. She is just like, oh, it was a long time ago. Like she's very much of that mind. No one's really denied it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ron Polanski never was like, oh, I didn't do that. And for a, and for a long time, he kind of operated in America until, but I guess there's no statute of limitations on certain things. So eventually he, was run out of the country, and if he comes back into the country, he gets arrested. What What did he do? I mean, you have to get grabbed, uh, but did they, like, have sex? Yeah, or was it- in a hot tub, okay. uh, up the ass, as Ooh. I understand it. Okay. Yeah, and she, uh, the I forget her name, but the victim, yeah. has, you know, admitted and pointed out that this happened. I think the family did have some charges, or I think maybe the state press charges. I can't remember. Y'all just check it out. I'm 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 a li- I'm wrong a little bit about a lot of things, and people mm-hmm. definitely like to remind me in comments, <laughs> which I'm fine with. I, I yeah, yeah, we're not claiming if, to get everything. If right. I'm if I'm missaying anything about any movie or anything, then by all means, go ahead and correct me in the comments. Yeah. I appreciate it. Does our lighting look okay? And now it's brighter. There's a lot going on around us, folks. <laughs> So old Roman, you know, now he's pretty much having to, he's a, any movie he makes is a foreign film because, because he cannot come back. He has here. to utilize French and European production companies to make his movie. And this movie, uh, 2005's Oliver Twist, literally no fanfare whatsoever. His U.S. career is done. But yeah, uh, Europeans still seem to go to his movies. His movies do get released in the U.S., even though yeah. he can't come in here. Mm-hmm. And I guess this, uh, you know, think about like we talked about how Errol Flynn, you know, liked 
15-year-olds. Yeah. And what is the difference there, truly? There's not. There's really not. It's not okay either way. There is... The more that I'm learning about old Hollywood, because I have been kind of diving into, like, stories of certain stars and starlets lately a lot, and it's really, really interesting, but it does seem that it was more accepted at a time that you pretty much were considered a grown woman at 16. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when the rules came into play that you had to be 18. I know... It's always been different in different cities. Like, the Errol Flynn stuff was a bit of a scandal, but it wasn't, like, something that was, like, like, we need to run this motherfucker out of town. Oh, that's Hollywood, right? Yeah. Oh, it's it's fodder for people to read the, the shit from the grocery store racks, you know? But honestly, that's why it took so very long for anyone to say anything. People like Harvey Keitel, no. Not him. I don't know if he did anything Weinstein? bad or not. Weinstein? People like Harvey Weinstein. Some people, literally until like this last decade, were still behaving very badly. But it seemed as though in early Hollywood, the days of Errol Flynn, it was somehow more accepted or just like it's part of what you do. A more than now at least, yeah. And it was very expected that if you were a young starlet, you were sleeping with your directors to get your roles. It's just kind of what was happening, and it's fucked. Well, That's what was happening. The expectation within the industry, people outside of it may be a little more naive about it. Sure, outside of it. But, but you within meant within it. the yeah, culture within, within, it. within it. Within it, it was just kind of like, a, oh, honey, you want to be in the movies? Yeah. Go get in his bed. You wouldn't believe um, who I had to sleep with to start this podcast. Oh, I wouldn't. It was you. Okay. We have sex. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think when but, we're... But then it became more secrety, I think. But it still happened for a very long time. I think the important thing is, like, I think objectively, you can... A shitty person can make something good. Yeah. I think we've seen that. But I think, you know, the curse of the individuals that do these things, if they don't, at the very least, get run out of the country or get locked up because they did even more horrifying things mm-hmm. that you find out later. Uh, but the curse here is that when you get brought up, which you did also gets brought up, you will be remembered for your great movies as Roma Polanski will. Um, this one's not one of those, but no, uh, just like pretty good, <laughs> but Fine. You, you'll be remembered for Rosemary's baby. Oh God. So good. And, sodomizing a 14-year-old in Jack Nicholson's hot tub. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. And it definitely has affected Roman's career in some way. Not so much where he's just completely run out of the film business. But, yeah, he can't come to the country anymore. And he's a much older man, too. So, I mean, a lot of these directors we grew up watching were fairly older men Mm -hmm. when we started watching them. And now, like... You know, looking up Michael Mann, he's like almost 80. I think he's like 80. I know. Please hang on for, please hang on. So you keep saying. We need that, we need that sequel. Yeah, we keep thinking like, oh, how many more are they going to do here? Like, and it's like, actually, there may not be that much shelf life for a lot of our, the directors we loved growing up. Yeah, you know? that's true. Polanski included. But we're talking about Oliver Twist, 2005. Now, I don't Oliver. know. I don't know the fucking story, you yeah. know. And a lot of people, you know, I want people to think of us as a as an intellectual movie podcast. So mm. 
And so to, to impress everyone out there, I just want to say that this movie and its story is quite Dickensian. I'll, I'll pause and let y'all be impressed with my literary knowledge. Okay, now we can continue. I was in the musical in high school. Yeah. That's the extent of my Oliver knowledge. Of were you Nancy? Musical. No, I was the milkmaid. You were Bill. Oh. I was the milkmaid. Who the fuck is the milkmaid? I There's a song in the musical <laughs> yeah. where... There's a milk. Would you like me to sing you my line? Sing a line. Will you buy any milk today, mistress? Any milk today? Or something like that. Did your character get robbed by the artful Dodger? No, but I was in a dance sequence with him, and I did jazz squares to consider yourself at home. Ohm. You can't say your At home. Consider yourself one of the family, family. Right. we've taken to you. Fuck you. <laughs> it's clear. You, something. I now that know. shit I watched when I was probably like eight years old. Sure, I don't sure. think I've seen it since. I did uh, catch that song just searching for stuff. Oh, I'm sure. You, it's you, the most popular you're song. You're looking for, I was looking for, you know, you look for trailers for this movie, you look for images for this movie, and you're getting images of Oliver Twist in a variety of forms. Even if you're like... 2005 Roman Polanski. Yeah. You'll get the Oliver Musical, which won Best Picture, by the way. I will say. And some Masterpiece Theater stuff, which this is kind of Masterpiece Theater stuff. I've never seen the movie musical, but. That's the bag. I put the bag in the cabinet. I'm going to issue a challenge to you here. One moment. Okay. We got to stop watch. Okay. What you're going to do, we're not going beat by beat through Oliver Twist. We're going to assume that everyone's seen the musical. They or have the an movie. outline. Yeah. It's a Charles Dickens story. So okay. it's about poverty and crossing class lines and what that means and what that does to people, blah, blah, blah. It's downright Dickensian, one might say. <laughs> so two minutes. Okay. And no more. Mm-hmm. You're just going to tell the story of Oliver Twist. Oh, okay. Beginning to end. Ready? Yes. And go. Oliver's an orphan, and he's basically a ward of the state. And one day he asks for more, and they decide that they need to kill him. But instead of killing him, they try to sell him first to a chimney sweep, 
and that doesn't work out. And then they give him to this man who has a wife. Oh, they it's like a funeral home. And so then he gets beaten one day at the funeral home and he runs away. Uh, and so running away, he's walking. He walks like 70 miles to London. And then um, when he gets to London, his little feet are bloody. And the art for Dodger finds him and says, you hungry? You want to come with me? And he says, yes, of course I do. And so he takes him to Fagin. And Fagin's like, oh, my dear, my dear. And he looks terrible, but we'll talk about that later. And they, um, like, nurse him to health because he's not well. And then they play the game to teach him how to steal things from people. And so he says, you got to go follow the artful Dodger and follow this other little boy and learn from them. Cool. Learn from them. And so he goes out to learn from them. And the first day he goes to learn from them, they steal from someone, bookseller sees them stealing, they run off, he gets caught, they think he did it. So the man that was being stolen from takes pity on him because he passes out at the trial and also they realize that he wasn't the one who stole anything. So the man takes him home and treats him like his own son and dresses him up and loves him. But then, they're afraid that Oliver's gonna tell on them. 30 seconds. So Nancy and Bill go and find him and they kidnap him from that man, take him back to Fagin. Fagin is like keeping him kind of locked up because they don't want him to tell on them. And then, then he wants to leave. He tries to go to the police. Nancy starts feeling really bad. 10 seconds. He's a good kid and she wants to save him. And so she tells the man to meet her at the bridge and he does. And then she tells him that it's Fagin and then Fagin and then run. And then Bill finds out and Bill kills Nancy. That's it. Bill killed Nancy, the end. I mean, that is the end of the musical. And Oliver goes to live with the rich man. Whoa, you broke the fucking rules. That's the only other thing. I did pretty good. All right. If I hadn't if I hadn't paused to talk about how bad Ben Kingsley's makeup is for like half a second, I could have finished. Apologies. I wasn't, I wasn't as mad at that as you were. I, I felt like Ben Kingsley was the only one who really was trying to like really stand out in this mm. movie. I kind of liked... You know, I'm I'm new to this story, right? Mm-hmm. This was kind of my full-on introduction to the proper Oliver Twist tale. Yeah. Because I read Grand Expectations, but I've never read Oliver Twist. And, I never read Oliver Twist. And Fagin was interesting because while he was scheming, but so was everyone else. Yeah. And he was teaching, but he wasn't like... It wasn't a position to where, like, the boys would also tease Fagin like when he got his name in the paper he'd be like yo you're famous Fagin like they're just kind of fucking with him a little bit Fagin actually seemed on equal level Mm -hmm. with the pickpocket orphan boys yes sort of on level but also their caretaker and there was also this interesting dichotomy he definitely saw Dodger as an equal even though Dodger was maybe 12 and they would have serious conversations and talk things through, right? And he kind of, like, leaned on him the most. But the weirdest part was that the Dodger at one point tries to tell Oliver that if you stick with Fagin and you do what they're doing, that one day you'll be rich and you can live in a big house like that rich man. But guess where Fagin is? Living on the street with the children or in, a like, a dilapidated building. And 
you know, Fagin does have his pretties, his little box of jewels mm-hmm. that is supposed to be like his retirement fund. Or something. Or Some, a bargaining. He, said, he always or... says like, for when I get old. Yeah. It's basically but for he when is he, old. But he is old. Yeah. yeah. So like, what are you waiting for? But I also think he can't abandon the children because I think he genuinely loves these kids. And, yeah. And I also think he's not any much more mature than the children around him at the same time. No. He, I think he does. A part of him does care for him, but there's also that sense of self-preservation that's much stronger. Mm-hmm. But all these kids have that sense of self-preservation. They had to because of the the nature of how they grew up. So I kind of felt. I, I really thought uh, Fagin was an interesting character. He is an interesting character. Yeah. I just felt that the way they made him up, he looked like a muppet. Mm. I thought I thought he You were thinking of that Ben Kingsley did a great job. You were thinking of that Jim Hansen. He looks like a Skeksy. You were thinking of that Jim Hansen show where the old man's writing and there's like different stories. Well maybe. Is that what you were thinking? Well I just I just referenced the Dark Crystal, but I think I got that imagery correct. It's all Jim Hansen workshop. Yeah. He looked like a Jim Hansen character. There was a show that wasn't like Muppet or Sesame Street related that was like uh, Jim Hansen stories, like every time, hmm. and like you know, creatures from his workshop. I don't know why something like that just isn't on TV for. We should find a it. dozen years. Yeah, because when it, was, I remember when it was on, I was like, Jim Hansen creatures. Yeah, I'm all about that Isn't shit. Isn't it Henson? It's whatever the fuck I wanted. This is like a Berenstein Berenstain situation. Berenstein. It's it's Berenstain bears. What's the Jewish pronunciation? Because they're obviously Jewish. Well, it's the way it's spelled. It's spelled with an A. How would the how would the the Hebrew people pronounce it? Have you ever seen that <laughs> Berenstein Bears cover where like the pandas are moving in across the street and the dad's like staring angrily out? It, they're like dealing with racism. No, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't have that one. Dad's like pissed off at the the pandas moving in across nice. the street. You know, um, I don't. One thing about the musical. <laughs> that is that I did that I did love is the character of Nancy. I also loved her in this movie. In the musical, she has one of the like saddest torch songs like ever. It's basically the song that's like, "As long as he needs me, I know where I must be." B- Bill Sykes is the true villain. Bill Sykes. She's she's a is hoe, right? The true villain. Is well, she a hoe? Here's the deal. I don't. I wouldn't. I would not say that. Nancy grew up pickpocketing just like all these other boys. But now she is a teenager, and I feel as though Bill and Nancy were like Fagin's first generation of children. And they've just somehow grown up to where Bill is a fucking homicidal moron, right? And he can't take care of himself, and so somehow she has just found herself as his woman. You, It was easy to just be like, well, this is the lot. Right. And yeah, she's basically a prisoner. Yeah. She has no other options. I mean, I think, honestly, if she were to leave him, she probably would be a sex worker. Yeah. At that time, a woman of the night. If she left him, he would find her and kill her. Like, that's very clear. Yeah. But if does she does so. anything, he's going to kill her. So we've talked about this story, Oliver Twist, but we could be talking about like 10 iterations of it. Yeah. We're talking about the Roman Polanski version of it. Yes. So what stands out about this version? I like Ben Kingsley's performance. Mm-hmm. That is a standout part. Based on someone like Polanski, a guy who you know you know he knows what he's doing. The execution is good. The setting is good. The costuming is good. Uh, 
the casting's fine. I felt like Kingsley was really the only one who was really pushing it out, right? Yeah. And a, a lot of it, it did feel like we're watching some masterpiece theater stuff, and we can it did. and we can watch masterpiece like masterpiece theater with a little bigger budget, right? Yes, but it, it did. That kid at the beginning who was just like his bully, like they all—that's totally how it felt. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a well crafted, well made movie, but in terms, if you're thinking of a guy who really made films that are influential and you know kind of notorious it's in the zeitgeist of certain genres like rosemary's baby and shit like that then honestly this doesn't even seem all that special no for a a polanski just kind of like a like a a very kind of clinical how to do it without being too outlandish or egregious about it like i don't really have any complaints no. But I don't have all that many comments either. What else has he done in the last 20 years? Well, he's actually made a lot of movies, if you want me to pull up the list of Well, no, of not Roman necessarily, but I just didn't know if, like, if other things he's been doing are in the same sort of vein. Not necessarily. Okay, fair. I think as far as just, like, oh, I want to do the Charles Dickens story here. That's what it seems Maybe like. Maybe he just anyway. loved it. Or he wanted to work with Ben Kingsley. Yeah, and I mean, it's a good story. It is. Like, it is. Uh, it's th- so sad. I thought it was a good story. Just, yeah. you know, taking it all in and it's full for the first time. But my brain was kind of warped by the musical version because I, even though I know it was a book, like, my brain contextualizes it like people are going to be singing in songs or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even much of a musical guy. There's not many musicals that I've even really seen, honestly. Yeah. But... I mean, Bye Bye Birdie's the best one, and then there's everything else, right? Right. Guys and Dolls. I watched that one. I like Cabaret. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was my Liza Minnelli impression. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought, like, it's... I don't think this movie is egregious. No. But that's... But it wasn't much anything else either. No. Just kind of a straightforward, like, this is your Oliver Twist. It's like what would be on at 2 o'clock on a Sunday when it's raining. Yeah. And and you could sit through it, and it, you Absolutely. won't and you won't be offended. And start it at any point, and just watch the rest of it. But if there's like anything about it that is like, what is this that makes this feel like completely different from any other interpretation of this story? I, I don't know. Just that there was more money in it. Honestly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, know? it's it is exactly what you would expect it to be. And this movie costs about. Uh, I don't have it up yet. I might be misremembering. Cost about sixty million. Whew. I think it made about forty. Okay. So it was twenty mil under budget. Yeah. Looking at some of his other recent movies, whose titles I didn't memorize, but they're kind of up and down. The budgets are smaller, but they are European audiences are going to see Polanski movies. So some of them are doing decent, and others are just mm-hmm. a little underwhelming. That was also kind of what I was trying to get at a minute ago. Is I wonder. If you do something like this to do lower budget things that you want to do. You know, like we, we've mm. seen that forever. You know, it's like, well, if you make this one because so-and-so at the film studio really wants a good Oliver Twist. If sure. You can do a good oh. Oliver Twist and then we'll let you make three small movies that you want to make. Especially these movies dealing with productions in Europe. You got a lot of hands in the pot for sure. Yeah. And a lot of independent movies being made today. It's kind of taken even bigger villages to kind of make this shit happen yeah. due to the climate of film and where we're at with it. So there's not much more to say beyond that, truly. And I can't blame people if we're like, Oliver Twist 2005, I didn't even know he did that. Yeah, you probably No, I had didn't. no idea. I think most people probably did not. 
But that said, this is kind of our first of this type of movie. Not 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 bad, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. So this is very interesting. Like it's like I'm not saying it's dead center. I don't think it's dead center average. No. But it's like you give it one through five, I'll give it one through five, combined for best out of ten. Yeah. I think like you said, Ben Kingsley really did do a good job. I I thought some of these bit actors, like I could see them just walking straight off of whatever play they've been doing in London into this movie. Sure. They did a great job for what they did. And there was actually a point where I looked at you and I was like, this is why I hate movies like this because everyone is just so awful. But that actually speaks to how good the movie was. Yeah. Because everyone is supposed to be really awful. It's just not a very uplifting film. I will say this one allowed for a little more than that than the musical. You might think that the musical is a little more uplifting because there are some like jaunty tunes. And that's true. But this one does let you really see Oliver like okay at the end. Really seeing the movie played out in its classic tone as it's meant to be. It's it is it's meant to be like a a story of struggle, right? But it's it just seems weird after I sat through this movie that like they would make a musical out of this where people are very jaunty and kind of sing-songy grinning off the stage happy. It seems just bizarre. This movie is about poverty. And it's also about second chances. Yeah. But it's also just about, like, <laughs> how shitty society was, yep. you know? So how many how many time, how many many points you give it here? Three. I'm going to go a three point, a two, a five. I was almost going to say that. You still can. I'll say it. I think 6.5 makes sense for this film. 6.5 for Roman Polanski. Yeah, I'll match you. I'll match you on that. 2005 Oliver Twist. I'm going to put it under Pillow Talk, which is the same score. There you go, folks. Oliver Twist by Roman Polanski right here. Right here. A 6.5. Pretty straightforward for your Oliver Twist stories. So if you love that story, I don't. I I think this might be worth sitting down to. But yeah, we did that. We already know this video is not going to be blowing up the clicks. Let's no, be honest. No, it's not. And you know what? That's fine. And we still love you. But you know we're cute. So if you <laughs> if you've made it this far in this episode, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We want to talk about movies from all. It doesn't. It doesn't matter like what it is. We want to talk about movies from all over the place. Deep cut, hot cut. That said, the movie that... I hope that... Has he got a log? No, he's got a cardboard box. Okay. I think the movies... The movie that I want to randomly generate next, I want it to be a super hit. Our dog is just slamming a piece of cardboard <laughs> on the I hope we generate a movie that's like really popular, like one yes. that people have seen a lot of. Live and Let Die was a pretty popular in its time, so yeah, like something like that, you know. What are you hoping for? I I'm gonna say I hope it is a more modern film. All right, well let's pull up the screen. This is the. I know this is technically modern, but like set more modern. All right, I'm hitting the button. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. We are watching a movie starring an action thriller. Okay. Starring Ben Affleck, 
Morgan Freeman. Okay. My man James Cromwell. Liv Schreiber. I have no idea what this is. The sum of all fears. I've from, never even heard from of this. 2002. So we got a more modern feel, but not maybe a popular movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is... <laughs> this doesn't seem to be one that people are... No blockbusters here. But it's when uh, Ben Affleck was really starting to pop off. They're really trying to make him a movie star. And okay. I guess it worked. So it's young Ben Affleck. 2002. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess he's like maybe 30 at the oldest or something. Directed by Phil Alden Robinson. It's based on a Tom Clancy novel. So this is, so we're in, we're in dad boner territory. We are. We are. So there you go. We're going to talk about our next randomly generated movie is a total dad boner. So bring your dad in on the show. You bring your dad in and be like, guess what, dad? They're going to talk about the sum of all fears movie on movie humpers. If you want to hump, Movie Humpers with me, Dad. Then come on over. Because you only have to you have two have to have two people. Yeah. To hump a movie. Yeah, like you y'all can make your own judgments on these movies. Of Let course. us know if you watch this movie with your dad. What do you think? What do you hump it? Yeah. What's what, your dad hump it? How much do you hump it with your dad? Yeah. If you and your dad are gonna double team a movie, how many times are you both? And did you hump? have a good time humping it with your dad? Was it fun? Check the show notes and links and other places to find us. Did you like this review? It's kind of different than a lot of our other episodes. Uh, but, you know, hit like and subscribe. And did you have you ever seen this version of Oliver Twist? Tell me your thoughts on Roman Polanski. Write an essay in the comments. All right? What's your favorite Polanski movie? Mm. What would you do if you were Angelica Houston in Jack Nicholson's house and you looked out the window and you saw Roman Polanski buggering a uh, teenager. Would you do what Angelica Houston did? Nothing. All right. Let's get out of here. This episode's so weird. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.